Welcome to the For the Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and, well, girls. This podcast is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready, because this is for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For The Girl podcast. We are back, obviously. We are back at it for week five of our James study. I can't believe we're it close awesome. to the end. We are getting really close to we're the end. We're close to the end. All the fun is coming to a close I soon. Know. What One are we- of the things I'm going to miss the most is... Oh, speaking of praise with Ken, we got a good one. We got a good one. What are you singing for us this week? We are singing, shoot, what's the name of it? Waymaker. Waymaker, Leland, guys. The most popular song. Have you not had that Leland album on repeat for like the last year of your life? Literally. It has so many gems in it. Has it been a whole year? First Love Fire. First Love Fire. Yeah, I, that's we should have I want to fall in love. I want to fall. Wait, I'm not singing. Should that this. be like the next wedding song? Or it's so good. That song gets me hyped. But Waymaker is the one that like okay. took over the charts. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. I like your passion. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is okay. We're good. Oh, you lost your confidence there at the end. I mean, that's a pretty big jump from like the Waymaker to... That is my tone though. Like I can resonate with any Yeah, you sounded really good. You know? Yeah. Waymaker. So when the guy leads worship, it's easier for you to sing along than when a female leads worship? Yeah. Wow, that was really good. I can't believe next week is our last Praise with Ken's. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss Maybe you next time leading me in Mac. <laughs> no, no, no. Mac attack. You leading me in worship every week on the podcast. I know. I know I that I've ushered so that. many people into, into, the, the, into the presence of the, of the Lord. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. it is time for our next segment, which is the summer bucket of fun. <laughs> oh, wow. We got a serious one this, oh. this week. Okay. Here we go. We're All right, Kent. Play. I just picked one out for you. Okay. This is a question that has to do with summertime and fun serious mode what is one area of growth that you want to Mm. press into this summer wow that is so good um I don't want to overload myself I need to learn how to become more okay in just the silence and calmness and solitude and learning how to balance my schedule better like seriously I'm so dependent on like hanging out with people 24 7 like just my energy is dependent on that my um I just feel like even my mental health sometimes is like dependent on that and um even sometimes spiritually I think I connect to the Lord so much like with people and in conversations with people and I need to be able to do that more just on my own like away from people and everything like that so yeah that's one thing I really want to work on this summer and (laughs) 
Wow. Um, that was a sneeze. sneeze. Bless you. Bless you, yeah. Ken. I was wondering what your face was doing. I was like, wow. I felt it coming on. So that wow. was weird. Okay. okay. So I'm going to hold you accountable in that. I'm going to yeah. look at your calendar and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a little overloaded. Yes. Because do you know that Kenzie and I, should we basically share a calendar. We so do. I see everything she does all the time. I need to take some nights alone and really spend them with the Lord. Yes. And really just be okay just by myself. We love those date nights with Jesus. Those are the best. I think it's really important for everybody to identify an area of growth this summer. Like, where do you want to be in two months? Because I think you can get there if you set your mind to it. That's good. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. If you could be an ambassador for any brand, brand okay what would it be okay oh we did this in a staff meeting recently and yeah. i feel like i had an immediate answer you did and now i can't remember what it is i feel like you could do any so kind of drink that's like oh i do an love- offshoot of like a soda or a sparkling something Really? Like, you know, a healthy version of like a soda. I don't want to ambassador that. Oh, though. so you want to go straight for the Diet Coke? Well, I want to do things that I like, like. I do love a good Diet Coke. You love, you what always are drinking What was my answer things? the other day in this staff meeting? Um, it was really good. Like, I had no doubt that that's what it was. Was it a clothes? Did we pick a clothing line? Yeah, free people. Oh, yeah. I picked free people. Oh, so yeah, there right. is like, you guys know free people. Their clothes are just like my so style good. through and through. So and then I you would, get free ones all the time. Yeah, to get free, free people all the time. Wow. Because free people is like, it's an investment piece. They're not, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, do I really want to pay that much for that yeah. dress that will probably fall apart? Yeah. Probably not. So I don't buy it that often, so but I do get love it. free things all the time. Free people and Diet Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke. Mine and Outback. Be, um, I'd also love to be sponsored by Outback. I'd love to be sponsored by Welch's Fruit Snacks. Oh, that's a good one. You know, you would actually, you would sponsor, just like, like you do it well. To be on like a commercial. You know what I got to say <laughs> too? You know what's commercial. pretty cool is that we are currently sponsored by Hosanna Revival. And, and they're like literally I love the them. Seriously, like that is a dream come true. That honestly. is a dream come true. I will true. say that. Hope you got your Bible, guys. Yes. Or journal. Or, or journal. All the cool things they have. We got ours. Yes. Wow. Anyways. Those were like pretty chill questions this week. They really were. Yeah. Super I don't chill. know. But All right. I liked them. Okay. I am really excited about our episode today. I am so excited. It's a conversation with one of my fave people on the planet. His name yes. is Dave Clayton. He's actually the pastor at my church, Ethos Church here in Nashville. And he and his family have just made a huge impact on my life. So I think you guys are going to love what he shares about James 4. It's such a powerful That's conversation. So so. Remember when I sneezed a second ago? That was so funny. <laughs> oh, my really goodness. Funny. Hey, yes. guys, leave us a review. Leave us a review if you haven't. Um, Let's get into the interview. All right. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. I am so excited to introduce our guest today because this is my pastor and my friend, Mr. Dave Clayton. Dave, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. So honored to be with you guys. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. So Dave is a pastor of my amazing church community, Ethos Church. And Dave, I'll have you tell a little bit more about Ethos maybe in a little bit. But first off, just to kick us off, we want to know just more about you and your family, all the kiddos, this new puppy that you got. Let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah, so my wife, Sydney, and I, we we just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. Um, Yeah, just a few days ago, which is amazing. You know, before that, we dated five years. So we've we've been together 20 years now. And she's amazing. You know, Mackenzie, you know that, just getting to be around her. She is, yes. 
our family. And then we've got three little boys, uh, Micah, who's nine, Jack, who's seven, and Judah, who's five. And then uh, about a week ago, we got a puppy, um, which is also a boy, which I told my wife she could pick whatever dog she wanted. And she just decided to, to stick with the all-boy theme, apparently. So we got a little, <laughs> a little puppy named Scout. And so so sweet. The- uh, yeah, I know this puppy – has been in the works for a while, too. I mean, I feel like I've been hearing about the boys wanting to have puppies. So this is pretty exciting day. Man, they have been working that angle for a long time. <laughs> they, they, have, <laughs> they have been so persistent. In fact, Micah, um, our oldest, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he called the guy who he knew, um, uh, like, raises puppies. Yeah. And he just he just took initiative and called him and said, Hey, when are you gonna have puppies? And the guy said, we, we've got some right now. So Oh my gosh, wait, that's amazing. That's that you just went for it. I amazing. love that. That's so much about your son. Amazing. <laughs> no, I gotta say um, I get to do some babysitting for Dave and his kids sometimes and I always say, Dave, your kids are the in the best way, your kids are hustlers. I remember one time literally <laughs> I Jack goes outside. Jack's your middle son for literally ten minutes. Comes back in and he like sold a skateboard for like fifty bucks or something like that. I was like, oh gosh, I'm the worst babysitter ever. He sold a skateboard, so I love it. Your kids are amazing. No, that's just they have so much hustle. It's hilarious. They're selling things. They're, they're networking. I'm like, man, you kids are hilarious. So. I love that it. Is, that is Good. That is good. Um, okay, Dave, we'd love to hear or just share a little bit more about Ethos. Um, we, I mean, Ethos has had, I, I'm living in Nashville, it's crazy. I mean, you guys are bringing in and reaching so many people, particularly even college students, yeah. which I love. So I would love to hear if you could just share a little bit more about Ethos, how you started pastoring Ethos, and all of that. Yeah, so, you know, our story goes back a a little bit before Ethos, you know, so this would have been about 15 years ago, and I was uh, a college student getting ready to to graduate, and God had just really put college students on my heart, and I'd, I'd spent most of my years in college working with my friends and um, doing all sorts, you know, leading Bible studies and starting ministries and doing all kinds of things. And long story short, um, uh, right as I was entering into my senior year, the university approached and said, Hey, would you be interested in taking what you've been doing and, and launching a campus ministry uh, here? And so um, that's how I got into ministry, um, working with students. It was amazing. I did that for six years. And um, my wife and I just were super passionate about college students. And it was through that process that God really started opening our hearts and, and our eyes to this, this reality of, man, what, what would it look like to, uh, to launch a local community that goes beyond what's happening on campus? And so we started, we thought it was going to be a house church. And I thought, man, we'll have this place for students who are on the fringes of the faith come into our home. And in the early days, you know, Sydney would cook a meal and we study a chapter of the Bible, and then we go serve together, and that's basically what we did. And it became it became apparent pretty quickly that, that God had some different plans for it. Then we had jumped up, and and so it moved from our house to a coffee shop to the park, and now we meet in music venues and stuff around the city. Wow. And uh, so we've been we've been at we've been at the ethos thing for about eleven years now, and it's it's been just such an amazing journey. And so we do we do that here in Nashville, and then. Um, some stuff beyond, but that's what we give a lot of our energy to. 
Yeah. Wow. It's so incredible. So cool. Yeah. Hey, Dave, you want to share a little bit even about Onward and what you're doing with just church planning and stuff as well? Yeah. So we, we have, we kind of have three things. We say we have, we have the local church work, which is ethos. We have the stuff that we do in the city, which is our kind of prayer and fasting movement called Awaken, where we bring churches together and work together across the city. And then we have um, Onward, which is where we disciple leaders and send them out to, to launch and lead new kingdom ministry. So a lot of those are, you know, church plants or um, nonprofits or campus ministries and variety of things. And so we've, it's been fun. We've been doing the onward piece where we train leaders, like pour our energy into them for about five years. And um, we have leaders now across you know, 32 different cities, seven different countries that are um, doing some really innovative things. And so that's been a, that's been a whole lot of fun uh, to get to do that. So, yeah. And, so good. So cool. I know I've gotten to be a part of Onward and just like it's been such a game changer for me. And just the other day we were on a call with people from literally all over the world, leaders and church planners and pastors from all over the world. And it was just the coolest picture of yeah. just a community and truly a family coming together and just like supporting each other, praying for each other, growing together. So such incredible yeah. things. Such an honor to have you on our podcast today. This is so fun. <laughs> I love it that you're on the For the Girl podcast, Dave. You and all the boys. Hey, I, listen, I'm so honored. I will, I will come hang with you all anytime you let me. So. <laughs> That's yes. amazing. Yes. Okay, to wrap up our little intro section, we need to know, this might throw you off a little bit. You're going to have to get creative. But <laughs> what is your next best? talent outside of pastoring <laughs> oh okay that's a, that's a good question um yes you, you know this this may seem like a really cheesy answer but <laughs> um I, but I, I think it's the truest thing in this season um i love i love surprising and um planning adventures doing creative things for my kids and for sydney um yeah, uh, 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 which uh, I know that sounds kind of like a cop out, but like I, <laughs> no. I take like great delight in finding ways to like bring us into adventures or do things that they never saw coming that they they didn't think we could do, and so um, I like I like pouring energy into to surprising the people I love, and so um, I have a lot of hobbies and different things like that, but that may be the thing that I take most. That's pride and joy in. Okay, I want to hear a recent surprise. Pretty cool one. Do you got a recent one? <laughs> Man, I, I should have thought about that. You know, before I was <laughs> before, before you I bragged on yourself about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. You, you know, like when when I think of kind of what I'm talking about. You know, um, like were you were you at the at the big um, like surprise I did for Sydney when we renewed our vows? Were you there, Mackenzie? I wasn't there, but uh, I have definitely heard about it. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, some things like that, like where I threw basically a surprise wedding, you know, um, to, uh, and all of our, you know, several hundred people were there and our, our bridesmaids and groomsmen and family members and, you know, re wow. you know, like, like recreated a significant moment. So sometimes it's something really big like that. And, and then sometimes it's as simple as, you know, not too long ago, um, just walking in the house and saying, Hey, everybody get in the car here's what you need here, you know, that's all I'm telling you. And, and us going, you know, uh, floating down a river for the day or, yeah. 
you yeah. know, just, just so it can be something small like that to something um, much more elaborate and planned out. But I just have a lot of fun sitting around and scheming up like, man, how, <laughs> how can I like totally catch them off guard with something that will yeah. make them super happy? So. Oh, so fun. I love that. I love it. Those were those were probably bad examples, but no. you caught me off guard, guard with that question. So. <laughs> those that are good. So good. Yeah, I no. feel like it really is a talent too. That yeah, really, you have to be creative, adventurous, thoughtful. That's awesome. No, it's so good, so good. <laughs> All right, so now it's time to jump into the Book of James. This week we are in James four, and I personally love James 4. I remember like the first time I read it, I was kind of like, whoa, this is intense. There's a lot here. And honestly felt a little like almost intimidated at it. But I think the more that we dig into it and dive into it, there's so much good like wisdom and practical things in here. So I want to jump in and kind of start in verse seven, where James begins to talk about submitting ourselves, submitting to God, resisting the devil, um, drawing near to God and he will draw near to you. And I think that's just like the the most beautiful picture of like, hey, when we draw close to God, he draws right back closer, even closer to us. And so can you even talk about Dave, maybe just to kick things off, like to you, what do you think James is saying? Or to you, like, what does it look like to lead a life that is submitted to God? Yeah, you know, and part of, I mean, I'm with you. I love, I love James four, and there's some stuff in there that's like, whoa, what does that even mean, and <laughs> what, what do I do with that? But um, verses seven and eight have always been some of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until you know maybe a few years ago that I noticed. I think they really find their power when you understand what comes right before it, and what yeah, comes right. Be- good. What, what comes right before it is is kind of a. Um, a, a bit of uncomfortable imagery. And so, you know, like in verse seven where he says, so then you need to submit yourselves. Um, that comes on the tail end of him saying, you know, him calling them adulterous people. Right. And so, yeah. uh, and so it's a, it's a really interesting thing. And I'll, I'll get to verse seven. I don't want to like blow off your question, but what I think is interesting about it is you get this image where, where God says, hey, you've lived before me with like a really, he doesn't say distracted heart. You know, that's what I would say as an American because it's mm-hmm. like so much more like easy to swallow. Oh, I'm distracted or, you know, or I got a little lazy. And and the Lord says, no, he goes, hey, you have had an adulterous heart. Like, like you've chased after other things, mm. uh, you know, the way that, you know, this married guy chased after someone he wasn't married to. And. And man, that's like broken my heart. And so he lays that out there, which is like this really uncomfortable, like, oh my goodness, like, man, that is me, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's seasons where I chase after things. And that's what makes verses seven and eight so beautiful to me then, because I think it's actually really romantic language. And I don't know that we're always comfortable using like romantic language. Yeah. Um, sometimes in our relationship with the Lord, but you, you get this, you get this language of, like resisting and submitting, which is very romantic. He says, he mm. says, hey, you have to resist the enemy. You have to resist the devil, and you have to yield or submit or surrender yourself, like wholeheartedly, uh, much like you have to do when you're in a, a loving relationship with somebody, where you have to say, hey, I'm putting my heart all the way in, 
recognizing that if I do that, I might get hurt, right? Like that's the, like if, if you, if you want to have a really good, like romantic loving relationship, it requires you going all in with your heart. And I think that's the essence. I think that's the essence of what he's saying there is like this whole idea of submission or surrender is he says, Hey, your heart's been divided. You've been, you know, like with me, but kind of chasing other things. You've had an adulterous heart. I want you to go all in with me. And, and it's actually like a really cool picture of the gospel, I think, because, yeah. you know, you would expect him after the whole adulterous heart thing to say, hey, get away from me. So <laughs> that's, that's not at all what he says. Like the promise, he says, you've had an adulterous heart and I want to I want to offer you like like uncompromised nearness with me. Like, yeah. man, and that's just amazing. Um, mm. so, I'm not sure if that's what you're asking, but that's yeah. what I, you know, so when I think about submitting, it's. Okay, Lord, how do I learn how to put myself in a position that I will actually love you more than I love anyone or anything else on earth? And um, it's good. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy thought, um, but I think that's what he's after. Yeah, I love that. I love that you even use the word like it is romantic. Like, because I feel like submission maybe doesn't come off that way, but it really is. It's like a longing for your full attention, and it's just so good. Okay, Dave, I'm just curious. I want to move down just a little further. You pointed out the best verse here, but then I want to move to the next one because I'm just curious of your insight on this. And I know a lot of people listening as they've studied James, they probably were a little. I don't know, confused of what this is exactly saying. So when it says verse nine, like grieve, mourn and wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Um, it goes positive after that a little bit, but I don't know. What do you feel like James is trying to get at here um, in the scheme of things? Yeah. You, you know, nobody puts verse nine on a coffee mug. You know, it's, always, <laughs> it, it's always verse eight, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, what I really sense he's getting at is kind of what he was talking about in verses five and six. You know, he says, Hey, your heart's been divided and I want you to come into a place of like deep closeness with me. You know, that's the promise. If you come near, I'm going to, I'm going to come closer than you can imagine. Like if you lean in, it, you know, it, it, once again, it's kind of that romantic language. It's like, if you lean into the kiss, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Right. Mm. And so that's the, pro- that's the promise of verse eight. But I think I think what he's saying in verse nine and ten is, even though that's the promise, you still have to understand the posture. And the posture is, mm-hmm. you come into my presence with a humble posture. Yeah. You know, just like someone who's been unfaithful doesn't like waltz in on their anniversary and say, "Hey, let's go on a trip. Everything's cool. Everything's normal." He says, "No, you, you come in with this sense of, hey, God, my heart's not." my heart is not the place that I wanted to be before you. Mm. And I, I need you to do what only you can do. And there's always that beautiful paradox. I think in the kingdom of God, you know, those who come in with humility are lifted up. Those who come in with pride are brought low. Mm. And, and the promise is, man, I want you to experience the fullness of a relationship with me. And the way that you experience that fullness is actually kind of a, a countercultural, counterintuitive way of getting there. You actually come low. You come in saying, "Hey, I don't, I know I don't belong here. I'll screw this up, Lord." And that's not this self-deprecating, like religious. You know, I throw 
rashes on my head and tear my clothes and pretend I'm terrible. It's just, it's just an understanding. Hey, apart from the help of Jesus, I have no basis for standing um, in your presence like this. And, mm. and so yeah. I, I think, that, I think that's what he's getting at down there. Um, you know, with the whole, you know, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you know, yeah. even morning well. Um, I think it's, it's a posture of the heart. Yeah, it's so good. And I love that, you know, you mentioned some of the upper parts of James 4 is it's pretty like can be kind of disheartening. You're like, oh, adulterous people and kind of talking about like the quarrels and the fights we get. But I love that in verse six, it's like the switch where he goes, but he gives us more grace. And I love that, like, and that's what leads us into the next section where it does say to like submit yourselves, humility, all of that stuff and how like that is the the difference maker here, like the grace of God that sends us into submission, that sends us into humility and all of these things. And that's what's mm. so cool is like we're not we're not doing this out of our own will and our own power. Like it's really like the grace of God leading us. And so even just practically, mm. you know, following Jesus in 2020, a lot of the women listening are, you know, they're leaders in their own right. They're, you know, leading Bible studies. They're leading their friends, influencing their friends. Like how can we be people who like walk in humility in our walks with Jesus and walk in humility with the people around us, just like some practical ways maybe. Yeah. You know, so I I think a lot of it has to come down to really um, making this commitment that I'm going to live like as my true self in front of God and in front of the people that are around me. And, And I don't say that, you know, I think sometimes even in our culture, it's like, hey, just be true to you. That's not what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is I think it starts in this place of I, I'm going to be true about who I really am. Yeah. Um, and with God and with others. And so uh, several years ago, I remember um, one night I was I was sitting on the couch and I was, I was wrestling with, you know, just some of the duplicitous um, aspects of my own heart, you know, where I would say something really nice to Sydney but then in my heart, like, have a really, like, mean and negative spirit towards her. You know what I mean? Like, we're, mm. and I think we're, we all have areas where we've done that before, where we externally project one thing and internally we're someone different. And and I had one of those moments, and I was sitting on the couch, and, and the, the Holy Spirit, he just convicted me. He said, Dave, who you are when no one is looking is who you really are. Mm. And... Like, in other words, when, when nobody else is watching, um, even when it doesn't come out loud, like that version of you, that's the truest version of you. And and in order for you to grow, you've got to bring that to me. And then you've got to, it's what he says in James chapter five, you know, confess your sins to one another and you'll find healing. Um, I, I think it's this idea that when we begin to live with truth mm-hmm. in the presence of God and the presence of other people, it's a really humbling experience. Like if we're honest about it, like it, it is a humbling experience to say, Hey, um, I want to live that way before others. And, and I think choosing very wisely who you do that with, um, you know, and because I want to do that with people who will love me enough to um, like extend grace, but will also love me enough to call me to more. Yeah. And so, so what I've learned over the years is, is being true to people and then just saying, Hey, you're cool. Just keep doing it. Like that's not very helpful, you know? And so yeah. it's not, 
so I'd say I think it starts in making the decision. I'm going to be true in the presence of God and other people. And um, I'm going to make sure that those people are, are really passionate about helping me grow um, in the ways of God. I think I think it's in Hosea chapter 10. Um, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in Hosea chapter 10, which, you know, on this whole idea of, you know, God romancing us, even with our adulterous heart, you know, Hosea is all about God, you know, just calling us back to himself, even when we've mm. run away from him. But in Hosea chapter 10, there's kind of this turning point where he gets really practical and says, hey, um, I want you to plow up all of the ground in your life. that's mm. just remain unplowed. Like, in other words, there's some areas in your life where, um, your heart is good soil and it's producing some good fruit. But there's also some areas in your life, um, you know, where it's it's not very soft and it's not. And I want you to plow up that ground. And so, I think mm-hmm. part of the way, part of the way, practically, um, I would try to live out, you know, this whole submitting yourself to God, um, uh, you know, coming near to Him with a humble heart. It would be um, to to sit in the presence of God and to to really do kind of what Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 suggests, you know, Hey Lord, would you search me? Would you test yeah. me? Would you show me if there's anything offensive in me? And then would you lead me in the way everlasting? So I would, I would consistently practice that in the presence of God, you know, a Bible, a notebook, quiet space, God, would you show me if there's anything that's out of line? And yeah. he's, he's safe. You can, you can do that because he's gracious. He's kind. He's, yeah. He cares about you. And then when he reveals some of those things, whatever they may be, in a small group of people who really care about me, I would just make the consistent habit of sharing that. And, um, hey, here's what I'm, you know, so Sydney and I do this on a regular basis. One of the questions we try to ask each other um, consistently is, hey, is is there anything that God revealed to you today that you're excited about or anything that, shared with you today that kind of made you like oh kind of cringe and go i'm not i wish that wasn't true yeah. and just just asking those two questions with each other opens up a treasure chest of conversation and um all sorts of stuff for us as we try to figure out okay how do we go low before the lord so you can make this up yeah that's so helpful wow you just shared so many nuggets i'm sure everybody's taking notes this is important <laughs> It really is so important to just like humbly submit yourself to to God. It's it's huge, and I believe He uses people that are willing to do that. So wow, that's so good. Hey guys, we are so excited to tell you about one of our favorite online resources out there, and that is Faithful Counseling. And they actually provide professional mental health counseling from a biblical perspective. And I think we can all agree that there are just moments in our life where maybe we're struggling with something or walking through a tough season, and we need someone to come in and speak life into us and speak truth into us. And that's what I love about Faithful Counseling. It's all coming from a Jesus mindset or a Jesus perspective. And so they can provide so much truth and guidance. What's so cool is they're completely virtual. So no matter where you are listening, you can find a counselor. You can actually go online, fill out a little profile, and they will match you with the perfect counselor. There are hundreds of incredible counselors. Seriously, we've heard the most incredible testimonies. So this seriously might be such a big answer to so many of your prayers. Yes. And so if you're interested, simply go to getfaithful.com slash for the girl. That's getfaithful.com slash for the girl. 
girl. And you can actually get 10% off your first wow. month and you'll be communicating with your counselor in under 24 Let's hours. Go. That's so cool. I mean, seriously, answered prayers here is maybe there's something you're walking through right now that you need a counselor's perspective, or maybe you just file it in the back of your brain and down the road, you'll remember this and can sign up then. But we believe in it so much, guys. Go check it out. Faithful Counseling. Okay, I want to keep moving in this chapter, um, chapter four of James, um, just down a little bit here to um, the section about boasting about tomorrow. Um, I, I love it. You just gave me like all easy stuff. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no biggie here. Boasting about yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's too funny and it's so relevant honestly I think that's such a crazy part of scripture it's like written forever ago yet so applicable I mean I think of college students particularly you know who are a lot that are listening to this or anybody early in their earlier 20s you know just like figuring out their future and I think that is tied to just kind of like sometimes maybe bragging maybe like um just getting a little ahead of themselves and they're like talking about what's next and I don't know if it's an internship they're walking into or some cool summer camp they're at or like I don't even know what their future holds they don't even know as you read these verses what really like stood out to you um like even have you ever found yourself in in this place or thinking back to your life like in, in college or in your early 20s like did you ever find yourself here I have never boasted ever. <laughs> no, I, I, I hate how much um, I hate how much this verse hmm. or this section of James four really speaks, you know, just into my own life. And it, it's one of you mentioned something a moment ago that I found really true. You know, even in this particular season that we're in, hmm. this section of scripture is so relevant. You know, yeah, yeah true. Um, I think. I think there's kind of two levels to this. You know, I think the younger we are, the more tempted we are to believe that our life is infinite. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just true. Like when you're young, you just tend to think time is this unlimited resource, this, this unlimited commodity that I'll never run out of. And so the idea of planning ahead and making big, bold statements about what you'll do you know, before you graduate and what you'll do before you hit 25. And like that stuff just is um, so natural the younger we are. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we're all prone to that. Um, and as we begin to get a little bit older, naturally, you know, um, as you have friends that um, pass away or experience tragedy or as you face disappointment, um, some of that begins to kind of um, fade a little bit naturally. Um, but then there's moments like the, the the moment we're in right now with, you know, this global pandemic where all of a sudden you realize so many plans have just been radically altered. You know, yeah. um, in the last few weeks, I've had multiple weddings get canceled or re rescheduled or conferences or vacations or travel plans or lunch appointments or whatever it is, things that. You know, we are so used to just planning as though, of course, it's going to happen. And I think one of the things that James is getting at is is what you see, you know, through the the ministry of Jesus, what you see all throughout the scriptures is 
is us just embracing this reality that our life is finite and that whether you're young or old, um, you have, you have no clue, like really how long you have. And, and so in light of that, that that could be really depressing or, or I think the positive side of that is it really hones us in and says, Hey, let's, let's live today like the gift that it really is. You know, and so, like, I think about um, uh, Psalm 90, verse 12, says, Lord, teach me to number my days so I can gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, Lord, teach me to, to recognize how um, limited my life is so I can treat each day for the gift that it is. And I think about, I think about one of my, my mentors, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Um, you know, when his kids were little, he realized he, he basically had about 7,000 days for his kids to live in his house. Hmm. And so he got these huge jars and he literally purchased 7,000 marbles and filled these jars up. And every day he would come home and before he'd go to bed, he'd take one marble out of a jar. He'd think about it and he'd throw it in the trash can. Wow. Hmm. And and when he told me that, I told Sydney, I'm like, I'm going to get these jars of marbles. And she's like, that's too, <laughs> she's like, that's too morbid and it would look terrible in our house. We're not going to do that. But, um, <laughs> but, but I've really held on to that and I've really thought about that a lot. And I think that's what James is getting at where he's saying, hey, you have no idea how, like, how much is truly in front of you. And so, so, so don't boast about, like, don't, don't put, don't put your pride or your confidence in what you think you're going to get around to doing. He says, in, instead, like, really seek the guidance of God in the moment that you're in. I think that's the heartbeat of what he's trying to get at. Um, um, and uh, maybe there's more to it than that. Um, you know, but but I think, you know, like down in verse 17, right after that, he says, I think it's a connected idea. He says, if anyone knows something good that they ought to do and they don't do it, it's a sin for them. Like, mm. like there's this idea of, man, I should I should really call that person and tell them how much they matter. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll do it next week. I, you know, and, and even that idea of sin is just missing the mark of, of what God's intended for you. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, man, right now, God has some things for you to be about, some things for you to do. Just do it. Yeah. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what, what do you think when you read that? Um, <laughs> what do you hear? What do you, what do you? <laughs> yeah, I was literally, as you were, talking about this is just thinking like, man, we are in a season of life where we've all been humbled when it comes to boasting about tomorrow. Um, We have all, I think, seen just like the sovereignty of our God and the bigness of our God. And oftentimes, like just by honestly having the control taken out of our hands in a lot of ways. And that's really uncomfortable for a lot of us. I think so many of us have figured out in this season, maybe we have more control issues than we thought in this, you know, just this area of life. And so it's been really interesting. And I think what, what, and you said it verse 15, where it says, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And I think that that is so true. Like so many of us have gotten, so used to or gotten good at convincing ourselves that we are doing the things that God has like led us to or called us to, but we've honestly just like forgotten to talk to him about it or forgotten to go back mm-hmm. and to like check yeah. back in. And and one thing that I've always just admired about you, Dave and Sydney is just like the way that you guys 
chase after the Lord's will in your life. Like mm-hmm. I've just watched from a, from the sidelines, just like the process you guys go through and the slowness of it and just like the mm-hmm. methodicalness of it. And so I'd love for mm-hmm. you even to share kind of like what that process for you guys is, because I know like in a lot of people think God's will, we're like, what is that? How do I go about that? Where can I find that? What can I do? So what does it look like when you consider even just kind of like discerning next steps or things in your life? Like, what does that process look like for you guys? Yeah. You know, the, the smaller the step, the quicker the process. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't know if, I don't know if that's always true, but that has worked itself out to usually be true. Mm. And, and, and so, so when Sydney and I are discerning a really small step, you know, Hey, should we have our neighbor over for dinner? You know, yeah. Um, we're not going to take six months to seek God's <laughs> will on that. Um, yeah. You know, and so um, the smaller the step, uh, typically the quicker the process. And so a lot of times it's, Hey, you know, this lines up with what God's who he is and what he's asking us to do. And we're going to take this step right now. Um, the, I think what I hear you asking about and correct me if I'm wrong is yeah, no, what don't. about some of the, what about the bigger moments? And yes. what, what we have found is the, the bigger the step, a lot of times the longer um, the process. And, and we, re- we really have kind of a, um, uh, a way that we try to go about that. And so, so what we do is a lot of times that journey of discernment begins with God getting our attention. Sometimes mm-hmm. he gets, he gets our attention through an area of like where we're unsatisfied or where we're um, frustrated. Sometimes he gets our attention through uh, a, a new idea or a vision or an opportunity. There's a thousand different ways he gets our opportunity our, our attention. But a lot of times it begins with God getting our attention and that moment in and of itself, a lot of times is like this invitation to open up our eyes to maybe an area of adventure or an area of life that we never, that previously wasn't on our radar. And so, Mm -hmm. so what happens is God begins to open our eyes and then Sydney and I commit ourselves personally and privately um, to a season of really seeking God on that. And, you know, there's times where we've said, hey, let's let's really seek God for a week or two. Sometimes it's been, let's seek God for 40 days. Um, there's been times where we've literally sought, sought God for a year or two about something. Um, yeah. Because, because uh, the, the size of what he was calling us to, we just didn't have enough clarity to throw our whole heart into it. We don't want to do anything in life half-hearted. And our life is too short. And so we're saying, hey, God, we want to make sure you're in this. And so... So he gets our attention. He gets our attention. Number one, number two, we'll enter into a season of private um, pursuit of the Lord, praying about it, asking Him about it. Um, she'll, she and I will. We go on weekly date date nights together. A lot of times during those seasons, that's, mm. that seems that seems like the only thing we're talking about on our date nights. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then then there'll be moments where we'll get away uh, on an actual like two or three times a year, we'll get away for a retreat, just the two of us, to really discern um, what God's been saying to us throughout the year. And so mm-hmm. we, we try to do that at least twice a year, but our goal is three times a year. And so uh, he'll get our attention. We'll enter into the private place of discerning that. And then there comes a moment where we go from privately discerning to communal discernment. Yeah. And the order of that is important for us. Um, both of us are external processors, and we have found if we take it to community too quickly, 
it, mm-hmm. it gets really difficult to discern what is God saying and what are our friends saying. And mm-hmm. and so we have to really sit in the in the quiet place of God on it for a while, and then we bring it to our our small community. And then once once we've worked it out, um, then we really begin to say, okay, Lord, what's the step you're calling us to take? And so. Uh, and then we then we try to take it, and that community holds us accountable for doing what God asks us to do. And so, you know, it, it doesn't always feel that neat and easy. Sometimes it feels like a whole lot of one step forward, two steps backwards. But um, the 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 bigger the bigger the moment, um, typically the longer that that process is. And so, you know, you think about how long did God have to do that in Moses before he used him to, yeah. to set the people free. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, so. That's good. That's really, really helpful. Actually just brought so much clarity too to even the scripture, like, because you said the word like private, you know, between you and your wife or, you know, in your house, you had conversations about your decisions and about your future and stuff like that. And I think that's, exactly what James is trying to get at. He's like, don't just start like talking about what you're going to do and where you're going to go and what's going to happen. Like Mm. it speaks so much to my life, honestly, too, because I think I have such a habit of like just being like, I'm an external processor too. And that just can easily turn into like in, in the ugly parts of myself and you know all of us at times it can turn into like bragging about like what you're gonna do or boasting about what you're gonna do and I think there's such a such a good healthy discipline of like just not talking about it and talking about it in private and yeah you can still talk about it but doing that in private and in a disciplined way to make those decisions I think it just brings more clarity too of what really God's will is it's just really helpful so yeah you know yeah, you know, I remember uh, several years ago, one Sunday, I was driving into the cannery, and uh, that's where uh, some, one of our churches meets, and I was supposed to preach that day, and as I was driving in, I just felt the Holy Spirit putting something on my heart, and it really stirred me, and so, you know, I got in, and, and I stood up to, like, you know, preach or whatever, and I shared that moment with the whole church, and in the moment, I felt the Holy Spirit um, really kind of subtly rebuke me not because not because what I shared was like wrong or sinful um, but what I sensed the Lord saying to me was hey Dave that one was just for you yeah and 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 don't assume that everything I'm saying to you is for a bunch of people there's some things I just want to share with you and it was a good yeah. thing you know like uh, almost um, you know how two friends hey I just want to tell you something don't <laughs> don't put yeah. this on Twitter. You know, we'll tell you. And, and I think sometimes I've been too quick to, you know, whether it's with my plans or with what God is stirring in us to, to share it. And yeah, that's been helpful for Sydney and I. That's really good. It's an important discipline. I love that. Wow. Um, okay. Well, you just spoke so many truths over James Four. Wow. 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 We <laughs> want to know now, um, just looking back in this conversation, um, just looking through James Four, it might even be something that we didn't even talk about. What's like a big thing, like speaking to young women, what's something that like, you'd be like, okay, they need to know this about James Four. I need to say this again about James Four. You know, that's a great question. This this is a verse that just sort of hit me this morning as I was reading it uh, again. 
verse 11 where he says, brothers and sisters, don't slander one another. Hmm. And, and I think this morning I was just reminded that our words take life or give life. I mean, that's yeah. what you know, J- James talks about the power of the tongue so often. Hmm. And I, I think I was just reminded that, um, you know, any, any sort of talk about another person that doesn't build them up, whether they're there or not, like any sort of talk that doesn't build somebody up is like cancer in the body of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. slander, slander is stage four cancer, you know, yeah. um, in, in the body. And, and I think I was just personally challenged this morning to go, man, I want to make sure everything I say, you know, about, about other people. And so um, that's not a word directed at, you know, college women, you know, like, it's not some subtle rebuke. I was just like, <laughs> you know, you you all didn't ask me about that at all, but I was struck by that personally um, today yeah. of just, man, I, I want, mm. you know, if, if everything I said was on a recorder and it was shared with mm. every person, you know, like almost like when you ta- somebody tags a photo of you, you know, if, if every time you said a person's name, they got tagged, you yeah. know, yeah. W- what would that be like? And, um, uh, yeah, so the Lord was just stirring that up to me. So yeah. maybe 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 that's for somebody. No, mm-hmm. so so true. And I know you weren't trying to call out the uh, young women, but I would say that it's a true, real thing of just like it's so. We talked about it in James three, and just of like the taming of the tongue, and just how like our tongues are so. And our words and our mouths, they're so tem- it's so tempting and easy to fall into it. But that like flip side, that just as easy as it is to like, you know, criticize, we can also speak life and that we have that opportunity in every moment and leaning in to like what the Lord can do to use us with our words is so cool and so powerful to think about. And um, I think that's just such a good reminder. So thank you for that. And thank you just for being with us and talking about James for sharing your wisdom, sharing your stories. I mean, I could do this all day. This was so fun. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. This was, this was awesome getting to be with you. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again, Dave. And for everybody listening, we will see you next week when we finish things out with James 5. Wow, that was such an incredible conversation with Dave. So many good things from James 4. And I can't believe that next week we are closing out this incredible series with James 5. And we have an awesome host. Give it up for the women because we got a female next week. We have Manushka Charles from The Church. I'm so unbelievably excited. I feel like I've seen her from afar on yes. the IG and having her on the podcast is so cool. We really leveled up with this one. Yeah. Really leveled up. Yes. Our cool factor leveled up. Our spiritual maturity just leveled wow. up. All our, the things. Everything. All the things. She's incredible. She was incredible. And so we're so excited for closing it out. We're sad, but uh, I am kind of sad. I know. But Fire Friday, we have two more Fire Fridays coming up. So check the gram on Friday. And we love you guys. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.